This is Cosmic Native Conversations with Mandy Chantaine Lopez, where we explore metaphysics, cosmology, anthroposophy, and of course, creative intelligence. The mirror works two ways, Solaris. There is always a dominant mirror and an empathic opposite. Most narcissistic in nature, but yet we must all have that trait evidently if we so attract a narcissistic mirror counterpart. The mirrors will always show you the way. They will show you the core truth of yourself in your reactions to their actions. If you have what it takes in your adaptability and shape-shifting nature, then you will be able to move through the mirrors with fluidity and malleability. The mirrors can flow like water in which your form can move through it, captivating the reflection in front of you until you reach the hall of serpents. That is where things can get sneaky. There are many, but ultimately there is only one. That one will be the initiation marker. So that little excerpt was from my new work that I'm compiling into both a screenplay and a book. And I will release the title later because it's still a work in progress. But the reason I bring it up today on Monday, on Moon Day, on Metaphysical Monday, as I like to call, is that it's is a work that when I'm writing, when I'm writing a script or I'm writing, you know, a manuscript for a book, I seem to get this information almost like it's a channeling. You know, granted, it's my own creative intelligence working with my mind and my thoughts and my psyche and my consciousness and subconsciousness, but the information always seems to be right on point as far as the themes that it carries and you know i am known to have themes with you know serpents and really that's the coming together of the kindalini or the masculine and feminine the duality into paradox uh alchemy kind of have a you know a slytherin vibe going on here and as i'm working on this material uh, what comes to me is my, you know, wonderful fascination and in-depth study into, of course, the metaphysics, we all know that, but cosmology and anthroposophy. And I will go in deeper into these subjects in my video tomorrow for Tuesday. But for today, what I've come across in knowing the greater sense of our cosmology, which I think is very important for us to know. It's, it's literally the unfolding and the blueprint and the structure of how our cosmos works. And in knowing that, I believe it helps to unfold more of why we're even tapping into the realization of our mind, body, energy, and emotional body field. Essentially, we, you know, we are here to put ourselves together. We're here to 
anchor the soul into the body as much as we can. And, you know, when we die, the body um, is just part of this world and does not come with us, but we continue. We continue into the soul matrix. We continue into the light, into the quantum, into the energetic field that is everything of source creation, of the great spirit, of the cosmology of it all. So it has different words, but you know, we can, you know, if if I was in an academic seminar, I would present this into cosmology and anthroposophy. If I was doing more of just like a spiritual gathering, I would talk more about perhaps the great spirit or the great source and so on and so forth. So so we're using the, you know, different words, but we're coming to the same idea. And seeing as how it's October and, you know, the fall, and I always love to really play with the themes of the season. You know, it's when we move with the seasons, it's like we move in the congr congruency and the current of that point in time. So if we're here in October, we're, you know, at autumn, we're coming to the end of the year. So I like to really look at kind of those, what people might consider a little bit of those darker things. And one of those darker things that I came across recently in my studies and research is the concept of the eighth sphere. And the eighth sphere was brought in through the work of Rudolf Shiner, Steiner, excuse me, through Rudolf Steiner. And these were concepts he was talking about way before. I mean, I think he died in like 1925. So, you know, he was really doing this investigation and this research far beyond the 1900s or before, I should say. And just to get into it a little bit right now, we will, I will continue this because it's, it's a concept that is rather, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's in depth. It's in depth and it's complex. So taking it slowly will definitely keep our attention. So the eighth sphere, as described by Rudolf Steiner, is if you can imagine moving through the cosmos, your soul. So now this is, let's take it on the soul journey. Okay, so the soul the soul is compiled of many parts. It's many parts. So we'll do, I'll do a, a recording just on the soul. But for now, let's think of just the journey of the soul. So if we think of titles like The Hero's Journey, The Alchemist by Paulo Colegio, and that's an archetype in itself, is we're moving through this journey in the cosmos and certain levels of that journey allow us certain initiations. And it also provides answers to certain questions we might have as far as like, you know, the duality of everything, you know, where we, we reside and we play with the light and the dark and the yin and the yang and, you know, the good and the evil. And the eighth sphere would be something described as a dimension somewhat very close to the earth, encompassing the earth. Um, it's almost parallel to the earth. 
And it is said to when we cross over that we go through the eighth sphere. And the eighth sphere is, I like to describe it like a hallway. It's like a dark hallway. And what resides there are the, the negative beings. They're the negative beings. They're what people would call demons. They are the ones who don't really have a soul anymore. And by not having a soul, it's that your life force has been shattered in so many pieces that you don't even know who you are. So being dark simply just means void of light. And these beings have lost all that concept. They've lost that notion about themselves. So they're completely in the inversion of the reality. So inversion are, you know, things that are seen as backwards or upside down. I cover more about inversions and shadow work on one, one of my shadow to illumination courses, which you can find on my website, creative, creative Um, but so going back to these darker entities, what makes them, what makes a person dark essentially is they're just losing aspects of their life force. So it sucks them into not being able to move through the reality in such a graceful way connected to source that is the ultimate energy source. And you are that too. I am that too. We are that. But in the eighth sphere, it's kind of where they house all those, you know, mismatch objects, all those beings void of soul, um, or just very, again, inverted or confused beings, or, you know, essentially you have to be really distorted and negative to be lurking in those hallways and what they do is as we're passing through in our soul light and this is also noted in the tibetan book of the dead and the egyptian book of the dead too they talk about what it how it is to die and and moving through these doorways moving through these hallways so what they're referring to, it's, you know, evidently it seems they're referring to crossing through the eighth sphere, even though we can call it many different things. So the whole point is, it's about moving through the life force in which you've collected in this life. So life force, how do we regain our life force? Um, it's by having the balances of our karmas and our dhar dharmas. Having the awareness of that, having the awareness of our actions, having the awareness of our thoughts, um, having the awareness of what we put into the quantum field of existence, how it affects us and others. And, you know, that's how we build ties of karma. And really what you're giving your life force to. So in this day and age, you can give your life force to a lot of dark concepts that maybe you know you're not really aware of and a lot of those dark concepts you know since again we're in October and it's the theme and I like to decode these dark concepts which is the dark arts or the dark occult 
um, black magic. And why is this even, why is, why is this even a thing? Like, why are we even, you know, why are you talking about it, Mandy? Like, are you into that? No, I'm not into this. But it, we need to be able to know the vastness of who we are in the totality of the cosmology. So we need to know what is being used against us or towards us in the hijacking of our life force. So... That's one of those things is we think that everything that we're doing is just pertain to this life and this life here, when in actuality, a lot of the circumstances that we're dealing with in the present life is the residual of we brought of what we brought on from the previous life. Now, I know that we can get into simultaneous realities in the multi-dimension of things, and that is all 100% in my perspective valid and true. However, to keep this concept just a little simple because it is already complex, let's just say stay in the notion of present life, past life. Just We know it's not necessarily linear, but for the sake of understanding, let's just work from that blueprint. So... We are dealing with karmas and circumstances and energy life force that we have brought from the past life into this life. And we will continue that depending on what we do in this life, how we're going to have the amount of energy to zip through the eighth sphere because I think we really, you want to zip through it. We don't want to stay in there because, you know, then what our energy life force provides to the beings in that hallway in the eighth sphere is food. So technically our energy source is food. We're food for them. So that's how they've been able to construct this other world that is so close to ours. And it's like a mimic. It's an inversion of earth. And it's used to feed themselves, feed the being, feed the system. And they use our life force. And a great example of this is the movie Monsters, Inc. That movie came out a long time ago. I don't know, maybe they had like a sequel or a, I don't know. But in Monsters, Inc., if, if you saw that, you can remember that, you know, they lit up their town by the screams of children. So that's why they, everyone was assigned like you know, a child or a house or a basement to haunt or under the bed or a closet because it was solely to get the screams of children to light up the city, again, using the energy source. At the end of the movie, we did, we did see a reconciliation, though, where they changed the system and they used, you know, the laughter of children, which is great. So um, I don't think the eighth sphere has changed the mechanics yet, but... It's still in the system in which we're essentially food for them. So this could be a, a freaky concept or it can be a concept that you're like, oh, okay, so there's more of me that I need to prepare when I cross over. And it's all about obtaining that life force, that life force, that life force. And, you know, that life force that you accumulate in this life through good merit, through healthy connection to God, to spirit, to the ultimate supreme source that you are is 
how you're going to run that marathon in the eighth sphere, how you're going to move through it. And you know what? It's not supposed to be a hard thing. If you are in your alignment and your balances and you have your life force, then you just simply walk through that hallway and the, the entities, the demons, the inversions, they can't touch you. And that's why I'm reading this, you know, this piece that I channeled from my play about, you know, their Solaris's higher self is telling her about the hall of mirrors and the serpents and the initiation and it really coincided and paralleled this research that I'm doing after the fact. I, I wrote this and then after the fact, I started researching about the eighth sphere. So that's what's interesting to me. So because it's kind of dark and it does deal with the concepts of low density and what does that mean to us? I think that, you know, this is the perfect month to cover it. October, the spooky season, as people say. So... This is just one one of the things, there's, it, it's just so vast as far as how we approach the eighth sphere. But we will continue this. I will continue this in um, more detailed sections. And another thing to know about the eighth sphere is it's not something that we don't encounter in this life. It's not something to wait for for the next life. It's actually happening right now. There is a, the eighth sphere is causing an interference or it has caused an interference in Earth's aura, Earth's atmosphere in the 3D plane because being in third dimensional plane means that we're in a lower frequency. We're in a more dense reality. So it opens the door for interdimensionals, for what people call demons, um, what some people think extraterrestrials may or may not be. And a lot of the time, some aliens are just um, humans gone wrong, like on a divergent timeline. So yeah, there's a lot of that. There's I was talking about this with a friend the other day and we we're talking about the concept of the greys and the greys have big heads and little bodies because there is a timeline where the humans decided that we were just going to be mental we were just going to be in the mental realm and we were going to totally negate our spiritual body our emotional body and probably even our physical body obviously because we let the head get bigger and so in the eighth sphere you know these entities that reside there because their life force they diminished it throughout time and they can't escape it so they draw onto the human vessels on this plane and they will do anything they'll use you know dark technology they'll use dark rituals they will co coerce you and this is where we get into the subject of the dark arts the occult the dark occult practices the black magic because ultimately and I just always ask this question I'm like why would people want to give away their power to you know a third party because I believe that we're God I believe that we can assimilate we can embody the Christ consciousness the Holy Spirit um that we're capable of that. I mean, that's why Jesus came to really open up that network for us. And 
the antidote I hear in my research is that when you go to the eighth sphere, connecting to through the Christ consciousness, which is a cosmology, which is a, a consciousness in the cosmos, um, Jeshua, who we know is Jesus, he came down and basically performed the light ritual for us to be able to open up those quantum codes for us all to receive. So he is a historical figure and in my perception, one of the greatest metaphysicians to walk the earth. And there's a lot of research there that he was trained by the Essenes and just had a lot of, you know, alchemy and, you know, was doing a, a lot of really cool stuff that we haven't even, you know, touched the surface about the true Jeshua that walked the planet. And so when, when I talk about the Christ consciousness, it is embedded in all of us, not to trigger us from a religious standpoint, but to activate us into that beam of light that is God, that is source, that is you, that is expansion of life force. And as you go through the eighth sphere, activating that Christ consciousness totally gives you the energy to move out of it. So a lot of the times when we, you know, see the outside forces of propaganda or things that are being pushed, a lot of it is you know, they're, they're peddling the works of the eighth sphere and they're feeding those demons and they're feeding those inversions. And once you connect and, you know, you make a pack with that inversional cycle or that realm, you're part of that system of food. So you will either become connected to that recycling system with your energy or they will use your energy as food, or they will start to kind of dismember your own soul. So then you start to incarnate with less and less life force. And then it becomes harder and harder for you to pass through that eighth sphere. You catching my drift? So this is a really long concept to get into, but I just wanted to introduce it in the spirit of spooky season and really think about it. And, you know, let's question a lot of the things that we've been told in our life about everything and really get to, really get to the metaphysical matter of it, huh? I love to see everything in its metaphysical quantum way. So, Let's just keep that in mind. Let's just keep that in mind and I will come back with some more uh, details into the eighth sphere. Uh, knowing about it, the awareness of it, having no fear from it and, and understanding the collection of our full life force in that our job is to totally anchor in the soul into this body to be able to carry it over into the next life. That is the measurement of life force. That is what we're doing. So we're constantly evolving. And when you, when, you know, if people would say, oh, the devil is the devil in the eighth sphere. Well, think of the concept of the devil. Look at even the spelling. It's like the prefix for devolving. So we're either evolving, gaining that life force, or we are devolving 
and losing life force. And if we devolve enough, we become recycled human beings and we don't even look like ourselves anymore in different time space realities. And also we become food for the sphere of beings. So something for us to really contemplate as we move through this life in our human vessel, in our mind, in our heart, and really understanding that it is important to get one with our metaphysical mysticism, with knowing our cosmology and really understanding how to regain our life force, balance out those karmas and dharmas, and activate that Christ consciousness. All right. Thanks for joining me today on Metaphysical Monday. We will return.